the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today. Happy that you are with us for this Friday show. It is National Radio Day, Mm -hmm. and uh, no accident that you've uh, chosen to tune in on National Radio Day. We hope to do the the namesake, uh, it's Mm -hmm. due diligence, do we not? Yeah, I think we're going to celebrate National Radio Day by being on it. (laughs) Yes, we are. So that's good, right? Uh Yeah, I think so too. Hey, uh, I want to say thanks publicly. You brought me a, a peach today. Only because you brought me six. Fabulous. And the only reason I didn't bring you more is I was running out the door and I was afraid I'd drop them on the... That's okay. No, no. Yeah, yeah. National peaches. This is going to come up later in today's program, but the peaches right now, they're outrageous. Oh, fabulous. I mean, it's just one of those things that you cannot duplicate by getting, you know, some sad peach in january at the grocery store no, there's no. just nothing like what's happening right, right however now. have you ever had like peaches out of a jar i love them me too jar yeah. peaches so are in january delicious not bad Th- that's fine yeah that's fine i really love those yeah i mean it's like a special treat so i was you know you gave me this probably this beautiful peach this big thick mm-hmm. luscious i did bring a large one you did i didn't i care that much i went back and i got all excited i'm walking around the studio i went back in the kitchen there and uh someone works there i said do you like peaches and they went yeah, not really. I like it's like like not liking air, you know, <laughs> right? Like, what could possibly cause you to think that you wouldn't like a peach? I just think you know the peaches are just fabulous. Anyway, it's a gift I from totally God. Agree. Hey, is it too early for me to tell you? Tell me what your weekend has begun. Oh yes, it's six minutes past the four o'clock hour on a lovely Friday August afternoon. Truly, all is right and well at least in this corner of the world. So happy Friday to you, Calf. Mm, Very good. I'm excited about it. Well, uh, as we always do, we get underway with the news stories today. Won't you please uh, continue that trend and give us the top four at four? For Friday, August 20th, it's my sister's anniversary. Hey, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary to Holly and Kevin. How many years? Mm, they were married in 77. Mm, I, can't do, I can't do the math. <laughs> That's okay. Number one, New Englanders bracing for their first direct hit by a hurricane in 30 years began hauling boats out of the water and taking other precautions today as Tropical Storm Henri barreled toward the southern New England coast, reports the AP. Henri. Henri. I like it. Henri is expected to intensify into a hurricane by Saturday, and impacts could be felt in New England states by Sunday, including on Cape Cod, which is teeming with tens of thousands of summer tourists. Now, how mad would you be? If you were on vacation in Cape Cod and this was happening. Yeah. Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker today urged people vacationing on the Cape to leave well before Henri. I'm saying that because it's H-E-N-R-I. Henri. It's not like Henry. It's yeah. not that. Anyway, and those who plan to start vacations there to please delay, delay their plans. I've got a good friend who is the mayor of Sherman, Connecticut. And uh, he's been, he actually he introduced me and my wife to each other. You have friends in high places. I do. He's the mayor of Sherman, Connecticut, and he's uh, been sending out advisories all day long. I just always follow along and give him a thumbs up. Good luck, Ron. Right. Okay, so everybody stay all the way. Mm, yeah. 
Number two. Imprisoned Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny marked the anniversary of a poisoning attack against him by urging global leaders today to put more attention on combating corruption and to target tycoons close to Russian President Vladimir Putin. Navalny, if you remember, was poisoned with a nerve agent in August of 2020. According to ABC News, Navalny chided Western leaders for relegating the fight against corruption to a secondary agenda item and says that that decision has played an essential part in policy failures, including in Afghanistan. He says this, quote, it's precisely the fact that the West failed to notice the total corruption in Afghanistan, that Western leaders preferred not to talk about a topic they found embarrassing, which was the most crucial factor in the victory of the Taliban. Western nations, meanwhile, also took note of his anniversary. The U.S. and Britain announced sanctions against Russian officers and labs accused of involvement in Navalny's poisoning. And while visiting Moscow, German Chancellor Angela Merkel called for his release from prison. Number three, the new host of Jeopardy no longer because he stepped down from the job today about a week after landing it following controversy about his inside role in the hiring search, his involvement in past employment lawsuits and a series of offensive jokes he made on a podcast years ago. Honestly, we can even make Jeopardy complicated. Mm -hmm. The Wall Street Journal reports that Sony said it supported Mr. Richards' decision to step down, referring to offensive language he used in the past, but noted he would remain on the Jeopardy staff as executive producer, which seems kind of funny Still to funny. me. Just off it's camera. Fun. Like he could be executive producer and, you know, be an idiot. Mr. Richards' resignation marks the latest and biggest debacle for the sedate game show that had operated smoothly for more than three decades sedate. under Alex Trebek. It follows a nine-month process to find his replacement, a public audition uh, process featuring a rotation of 14 guest hosts, including Mr. Richards and Mayim Bialik, divided fans and sparked debate about the identity of Jeopardy. And number four, the Steelers take on the Detroit Lions in preseason football tomorrow night at Heinz Field. It sounds like both Ben Roethlisberger and Najee Harris will play, though hopefully not for long. I think I'd be happy with neither one of them playing. How about we just don't play? Okay, until it matters. Anyway, it is supposed to be a beautiful night on the North Shore. Kickoff at 7.30 p.m. And that is your top four at four. Very nice. Well, generally, it's considered, you know, when the end of the exhibition season of football ends, right, mm. then football season flourishes. People forget about pirate baseball, but we've already done that. So it really I mean, matter. for crying out loud. Yeah. I mean, Welcome I don't here. the record is so pitiful. Mm hmm. When you look at the Pirates. Yeah. I mean, I, and at the beginning of the year, I knew they'd be bad, but I faithfully listened to every game on the radio. Did you? Oh, yeah. I'm. You know what? I'm done. Of course you are. Yeah. However, are you? would you like to go to a game? Yes. Because it's a nice summer thing it's to do. It's a wonderful summer thing, yes. and I haven't been to one game. So I would encourage you, you know, to, just it's to fine. go watch them lose. That's fine. Right. What's the deal with Jeopardy? Uh, so the guy was on a podcast, and he did, made disparaging remarks, basically. Okay, I didn't hear what his remarks were. Well, they weren't good. Okay. I mean, you know, in the pantheon of remarks, good, bad, and otherwise, they were, I'm not, not going to get into it, I mean, because it's just not it's good. It's just bad. Yeah. Okay, but the thing is, how did the executive producer end up winning the job anyway? It just seemed like that was like, it, uh, that's not fair. Maybe he was the right guy for the right job. I don't well, know. It's, I don't... Like, it's like the person who's doing the hiring decides no. to give the job to themselves. I think that you can see on the screen, you know, is the man Was he? Capable? Is he really, really good? I don't good? know. I didn't watch well, it. Well, it's okay. So Why am I asking you? That. No, I didn't, right. I didn't see it. So, I But I would think he would kind of go, oh, there are all these contenders. He obviously did a great job, so give him the job. I'm in favor of Laura Burton. I don't even care. I don't. Even you don't care even watch either. it. I know. I know. I'm just saying. I mean, what's the point? Never. Right. I mean, it's. You know. 
I miss Al- I miss Alex Trebek. That's all I'm saying. We all do. All right. We're stepping aside. Would when... you can say? Would you say that you're a patient person? Would you say you're a patient person? Probably not. Gary Dixon, are you a patient person? Heck no. <laughs> no. You know what? Neither am I. But we're going to talk about patience. That's next on the ride home. Oh, boy. Hurry up this and stay be, with us, would you please? Be a humiliating segment for all. W-O-R-D. Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends. With the best new music. New 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 music. New music from Micah Tyler, Walking Free. On our way by Mercy Me. Yeah, we're on our way. And promises from Maverick City Music. Best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Brought to you by Trinity Jewelers. 101.5 Word FM on the weekend. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows or Us offers 12 months, no interest financing, and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how would you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement. Offer valid through 83121. All with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrspittsburgh.com. That is windowsrspittsburgh.com. What is an integrated curriculum? For the teachers at Jubilee Christian School in Mount Lebanon, their award-winning approach is like a wheel, where subjects like science, math, and language arts are the spokes. But at the center, God is the hub, holding it all together. And through hands-on learning, monthly field experiences, the all-school unit, and more, kids develop a passion for learning and faith in a way that's really cool. Schedule a private tour today. Jubilee Christian School, K-6th through grade. Imagine, believe, achieve at jubileecs.org. Poor chat. his coat is very thick. He's an Akita. German Shepherd Lab Husky Mix. Harold, the Border Collie Pit Mix, has the most beautiful jet black coat. Stuart, my rat carrier, has fur now where he never had it before. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dynavite will give them a beautiful, lustrous coat. It will make you smile. You get some Dynavite, how happy your dog will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. A local bus driver, a mom, a dad. A 70-year-old tearfully sharing a need. All of them grateful for the Lighthouse's food pantry. Just one of the many programs you can support through the Lighthouse Foundation's annual fundraiser gala September 24th. Now is the time to become a sponsor, auction an item, or provide a centerpiece. Your support will help those most in need throughout Butler and northern Allegheny counties over the coming year. Do it today. Become a sponsor. Visit thelighthousepa.org. Got married, had children. Talking to my brother, who's uh, six years older than me, one time when the kids were super little, and I said, I, I can't believe 
how things are so slow with kids, just so slow. And he said to me, this was the greatest piece of one of the greatest pieces of wisdom, which I refer to often. John, he said, a man's family moves like an iceberg. You should surrender to the process. <laughs> and I thought, okay, all right. But, but even still, I mean, Anytime there was like a family function or we're headed to church, I'm ready to go. Of course, you know, you and I here on the radio, Calf, we are people of the seconds. We are of the seconds, right? Right. It's a hard time that we're ready to go. So I'm standing outside, you know, holding the keys to the car, ready to lock the door. And people come out 10, 15 minutes later. No rush. Sometimes I want to lose my mind. Of course you do. Are you a patient person? No. Mm -hmm. You know me. Yeah, so it is one of my deep character flaws, and I'm assuming yours as well. Well, so that's why we're happy today to have a gut check on a Friday afternoon to talk about Christians need to recover the lost art of patience. Tyler Edwards is with us. Tyler is an author, the discipleship pastor of Carolina Forest Community Church in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. He wrote a great piece that the aforementioned uh, patience piece at Relevant Magazine, and Tyler's with us now. Hey, Tyler, thanks for coming along. Well, thank you for having me. Okay, are you patient, Tyler? No, not even a little. Okay, good. Thank you. You're in good company then. All right. Well, now that we've gotten that out of control or out of the way, um, talk about why. I mean, is it because you're so bad at it that you thought you should probably write an article and kind of get your act together? Yeah, I, I find usually the best thing to say the stuff that I need to say to myself because at least then I know one person needs to hear it. Yeah. So uh, yeah, hopefully, kind of see if I could teach myself something on how to do it a little bit and remind myself of its importance because it's about the worst thing ever. Okay, let me bring up something that's really, I'll start out something that is like unimportant, but it's just kind of indicative of where we are. Sitting at dinner last night, uh, my husband and I and our kids, and um, my husband brought up a person who was on television when he and I were kids. And he said, what's that guy's name who's in that show? And I said, (laughs) yeah. yeah. And I said, wait a minute, hold on, let me think of it. And I I, need, I waited like five seconds, and my daughter was like, just look it up on your phone. Mm. And I thought, okay, so that's the problem. Is One of the problems is that we, anything that, I feel like anything we want, we can get. Instant gratification, yeah. Tyler, yeah? Yep. yep. Okay, it so makes what, it a lot easier to <laughs> never learn how to be patient when you can never have to train the skill. Yeah. Right. Okay, where do you see this play out in your life? Uh, well, it's the worst when I'm driving. Um, is you know, anybody just driving less than you know 30 miles over the speed limit or something is probably going slow enough that uh, I struggle. I I also listen quickly and I process quickly, and so normally when I have conversations with people, I've played out 90 different versions of the conversation in my head by the time they've introduced themselves, yeah. and then I'm just like, okay, can we go on now? It just takes so long to get through it because I I don't know it's. So Tyler, in your piece in Relevant Magazine, you write this, impatience reveals the selfishness of our hearts. We aren't thinking about other people. We are impatient because we are only considering our point of view. And I think that's the problem, isn't it? I mean, I'm always thinking about myself. And if you're slowing me down, you're getting in my way. So you're blocking what it is I, I want. And I make that the central point, which is all about me, which, of course, is deeply sinful. Right. Yeah, I mean, essentially, we set ourselves up as God 
and then we view anybody hindering what we want to do or how fast we want to be able to do it as someone who is hindering and interfering with God, <laughs> and our anger towards them for interfering with us then feels like a very righteous anger. How dare they get in my way, slow me down, don't they know how important what I have to do right now is? Because we spend so much time sitting ourselves on the altar of our own hearts that we confuse what God wants, what we want. Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah, isn't that the truth? And, yeah. you know, you look at any number of uh, church scandals that have been revealed over the last decade or so, or even, you know, the, the Mars Hill podcast that CT put out, or the gangster capitalism thing about liberty. A lack of patience is endemic to every one of those stories. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, and and I, I think probably the thing is we expect, and you know, here you are, here you are, Tyler. You know, you're a pastor, right? We expect our pastors to be patient, right? Because they're considering all of our spiritual needs. But the fact of the matter is, that they're just, you know, they're they're you, they're me, we're they're calf. We're all of us are together in this sinful nature. So even as a pastor, to be an impatient pastor, it's got to crush your heart. You must be like you sort of you know delve into some deep despair. Yeah, you get. I mean. You get really good at rewiring the wording that you're using to make it sound more spiritual and more holy and uh, to justify it. You get really good at that of like, hey, I'm, I'm really just, I want to see people growing and I want to see people responding and I'm wanting to see this. But the, the temptation that we're not careful that's underlaying that is I want to see my platform grow rather than God's kingdom grow. And we get so hooked into our own just, our own need for that. But yeah, it, yeah we, we just... We, we hide it a lot better behind the right words, but right. a lot of times it's the same problem. Right. That could be a mega church pastor's problem. It could be a small church pastor's problem. Sure. It could be a radio host's problem or just some random person on Twitter, right? Everybody wants to, uh, quote unquote, as they say, make an impact. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that was, I mean, I had a, a huge struggle with that. Just And that was one of the, the parts that I've tried to, to coach myself in is one of like having a some I guess obstacles and troubles that I would dislike in life were actually some of the greatest things that God could give because I started off with a lot of early success you know I got I was I started off as a lead pastor before I even graduated from college before I turned 21 had my first book published before 25 and I was starting to think like man I'm God's gift to the church look at how much I've done I'm going to be this great thing because of all this stuff because I started confusing what God had blessed me with with things that I had earned, and it became more egocentric, and then that created more of this pressure and this rush and this agitation towards, I want to achieve these things that people will talk about for years, and somewhere along the way, it stops being about, I want to do this because this is God's glory, and it becomes, this is my glory. Oh, that's good. Okay, so then, in your piece, you go into a, a long explanation of what patience looks like, right? So, uh, you're talking to a couple of impatient people. You yourself, a confessed impatient person. So school us, Tyler. Tell us, what what should we aim for? What does patience look like? In a word, it looks like dying. Patience is the, the breath when you want to scream. It's the waiting when you want to run and charge ahead. It is willfully, intentionally putting yourself to death with every choice and every moment. And it's, you know, it, it, you think of it as, as honestly for me, it, it comes to King David, right? I, I, I've like, there's like a daily thing that I preach to myself, but David who was anointed by God to be king. I mean, you don't get a clear, God wants you to be the king. You are a big deal kind of moment than that. 
and then waits for like 25 years to be king and spends most of that time running and hiding in caves, fleeing for his life. And then God puts two things in front of him. He has two opportunities to kill Saul and make himself king, and he doesn't do it. Like, he refuses to take it into his own hands to make things happen in his time. And to me, I don't know if that's certain it's not the only thing, but the thing that makes me consider David a man after God's own heart is that David refused to make himself great on his timing, Mm. and he surrendered himself even in the most challenging—I mean, with all the justifications and all— the reasons you could possibly want. Saul murdered a bunch, like 80-something innocent priests. He's got all these things that just happened. Every possible reason you could have to take an action, and it's going to be good for everybody. Right, because he sees what Saul's becoming. He had, I mean, he had yeah. every moral reason to do it, right? It's the best thing yeah. anyway. Got to be on my side, right? It's... Right. And it looks like a sign, because that's where our impatience kicks in is something happens that we can twist to make it look like that's what God wants us to do. We go, see, look, God gave me a sign that I should do this. And we're always looking for that sign that tells us that what we want to do is okay in the eyes of God, even though what we're actually looking for is here's why it's okay for me to sin. Mm. We're talking with pastor Tyler Edwards. He's a discipleship pastor of Carolina forest community church in Myrtle beach, South Carolina, the author of zombie church, breathing life back into the body of Christ. So, Tyler, patience is dying. How do you learn patience? You, you learn to die. Uh, you learn that what Jesus calls us to, right? You want to follow me, you got to take up your cross. And you got to follow him every day. Deny yourself, take up cross, follow me. It's this forcing yourself to take your eyes off of yourself and place them on Jesus and hold them there. And in that, like, in that, it's not a death of dislike of self or of hatred of self or anything like that. It's just this sense of what Jesus has called me to be, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, love your neighbor as yourself, love your enemy. Of all the things that we're called to love, putting ourselves at the end of the list is where God's instructions lead us. And so when I'm impatient, it's because I'm loving me more than I'm loving the other person whose agenda is conflicting with mine. Right. Okay. And so by... Okay. Sorry. No, no, go. Finish that thought. <laughs> but so when we when we do that, it's all about this intentional kind of going. Okay, what I when I'm feeling this sense of urgency, this stress, this pressure, this worry, what I'm doing is I'm placing myself too far up my priority list, and that's my reminder that I need to take that breath. And I need to think about this. Per- all these other people in front of me, I need to be thinking about them and considering them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get yeah, that. Yeah, that's good. I mean, that really, okay, so it patience is dying, right? Dying to self. Now, look, you uh, as you first joined us, Tyler, like me, you lose your impatience. You know, probably at my zenith, I'm like you. As I'm driving, I become very impatient. Now, I've got a friend who's the same as us, and he used to have one of those little uh, crosses on the back of his car. And, you know, he was such a bad driver, such an impatient driver, that instead of uh, changing his driving with his cross on the car, he just removed the cross. (laughs) Yeah, I deliberately don't put anything about Jesus on my car because I don't want people to associate Jesus with how I drive. I mean, I think I admire the point, you know, the the, the urge for consistency. I just, I I don't know if maybe he removed the wrong thing, but I'm not here to judge it. Okay, so, right, instead of removing the cross, you're saying... (laughs) Get out of my way, get out of my way. But you're saying, as I'm like flipping out in traffic, I surrender myself to Jesus on the cross. I mean, have you tried that? 
Yeah, yeah. One of the things, the one time I had a good streak of being very successful at it was when I really had that presence of mind. The more agitated I got, the more I would take a breath and just actually pray for that person, the person that cuts me off huh, instead of yeah. letting the, the Irish part of me out that won't just rage and go nuts on them. It's just pray that God would bless them, you know, because like, it's really weird. Like, it's difficult to think about something good for someone or to pray for something good for someone and to be angry at the same time. And so it's right. sort of like you're... You let when the feeling hits, you condition yourself to respond with the opposite emotion, and so you go, okay, I want to be angry, I want to be frustrated. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray, and I'm going to try to instead of being angry at this person, I'm going to try to say, think of something, yeah, turn pray it something, bless them. Yeah, and and then your nature starts to rewire, and then it, it becomes more of a, you know, like Paul talks about, I beat my body and made it my slave. Is this this active conditioning of ourselves? to be in submission to Jesus rather than the sinfulness of our own hearts. Yeah, that's, that's good. good. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the Irish in you because I'm the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John's Irish too, and I, I you know, I, I recognize that. Right, they would call us the black Irish because we would be so dark in our thoughts and so ugly and impatient. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what that's... I actually find that being Irish makes being a Christian a lot easier. It's just whatever you're thinking and wanting to do, just do the opposite of that. And, <laughs> and you're probably nailing Christianity. <laughs> That's Tyler Edwards, author and discipleship pastor of Carolina Forest Community Church in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Author of Zombie Church, Breathing Life Back into the Body. Very nice. Christ. Tyler, nice to meet you, thanks Tyler. a lot. Really fun. Thank you so much. Our pleasure. Patience be with you, my friend. We'll take a quick break. Come back. Uh, it's our Friday feature, This or That. That's next on The Ride Home. As you know, Mike Lindell has a passion to help everybody get the best sleep of their lives. And he didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the Giza Dream Bed Sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night that you sleep on the Giza sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors, and Mike's latest incredible deal is the sale of the year. For a limited time, you receive 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets. You receive a set for as low as $49.99. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Listener Square, use promo code WORD. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress stopper and much more. Call 1-800-391-0954. Use the promo code WORD. 1-800-391-0954. Promo code WORD. A moo-moo here and a moo-moo there. Here a moo, there a moo, everywhere a moo-moo. Hi there, it's me, Marcia from the Springhouse, inviting you out to our real working dairy farm in 84, Pennsylvania. Not only will you enjoy watching the heifers in the field and the baby calves in the mini barnyard, but you should also come hungry for our fabulous farm fresh cooking. Step inside the Springhouse for hot roast beef sandwiches, turkey and stuffing, hickory smoked ham, stuffed cabbage rolls, real mashed potatoes, and a whole lot more. A different menu each day. The locals tell their friends that our famous chocolate milk is the official drink of the spring house and be sure to save room for apple pie ho-ho cake oreo cheesecake or lots of other from scratch goodies for dessert have i made you hungry yet let us share a little of our farm with you at the spring house 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com 
724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. Looking for a way to pay for that new home improvement you've been waiting for? Ready to consolidate credit card debt at a lower interest rate? Figure offers multiple loan options that can help you improve your finances. From mortgage refinances to home equity lines and personal loans, Figure can help you find the loan that's right for you. Figure takes all the stress and hassle out of the process. Apply 100% online at figure.com and see your new rate in a few clicks. Figure out your finances at figure.com. Figure Lending LLC, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Whether it's offering curbside or next-day delivery for online orders on over 160,000 parts or getting involved in their local communities, when it comes to serving you, Napa's Motor never quits. That's Napa know-how. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com, in the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Partly cloudy skies for tonight. It'll be humid with a low of 64. Tomorrow, partly sunny and humid. Tomorrow will reach a high of 83. Clear and mild tomorrow night, the low 65. Sunday will be humid. We'll see intervals of clouds and sunshine. Expect a high Sunday of 86. Monday, partly sunny and humid with a high of 85. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. It's time now for This or That. It's our Frivolous Friday feature. Oh, it's frivolous. I have two things to choose from, this one or that one. Kath makes a choice. We run the gamut, and that's how it works. Want to go first or me go first? Uh, I'll go first. All right. This or that from Kath's perspective. Oh, no. I meant, I'm, I, oh, oh, no, okay. I'm, oh. yeah. I'll go first. Okay, because today's National Radio Day. Yes. Uh, some of these... Just as some of these are. Uh, obviously, you'll know which. But radio related. Yes, oh, radio related. All right. Radio over the internet, 50,000 watts. Well, 50,000 watts, Give you guys. 50,000 watts, all right? J. Vernon McGee, <laughs> Alistair Begg. See, you know, you can't do that. This or that. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to pick um, Jay Vernon McGee because he has a transportation associated with him. All righty. I like the bus thing. John Cigna. Okay. Doug Hurth. Oh, Uncle Dougie. No question about it. Paul Harvey. Larry King. Uh, I always will go with the rest of the story. Mm, yeah. Yeah, and not the squatty potty. Is that yes, what, yes. Is that what uh, Larry was doing there for a while? <laughs> Thomas you. Edison. Yep. Nikola Tesla. Oh, see, that's hard. I'm going with Tesla because Edison was kind of a jerk. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm on Tesla's side. All right. Dick Clark, Ryan Seacrest. Uh, Dick Clark disappointed me later in life with all of the plastic surgery. It was really depressing. But what about his career? Uh, yeah, I mean, America, I don't know. I wasn't there for a lot of his career. Okay. I don't really appreciate Dick Clark. So, why can't I think? Who's the other guy? Oh, that's good. Ryan (laughs) Ryan Seacrest. I forgot. This or the other guy. All right. I forgot Ryan's name. I'll go Ryan. I'm hoping he's not going to do the plastic surgery thing. Bob Prince. Yeah. Myron Cope. Myron. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm moving out of in some ways. Okay. 
Original Sin. <laughs> Hell. Well, I mean, considering one could be temporary, I guess I'll, I guess I feel uncomfortable saying I'm choosing Original Sin. <laughs> That's why I do this event to force you into these places. <laughs> the booster shot. A shot and a beer. Well, I don't drink alcohol, so I feel like I should go with the booster shot. All right. Even though I can't believe I'm going to do this again, but go ahead. Vietnam. <laughs> Afghanistan. Oh, gosh. Okay, I'm going to pick Afghanistan because I'm hoping that maybe we might be able to rescue something out of it. All right. A flight of angels. The angel at the tomb. Oh, the angel at the tomb, because that's that's epic. All right. New friends made during COVID. Yeah. Old friends lost during COVID. Oh. Well, I feel bad. I want to say, but I want to say my old friends I lost during COVID because right. I don't want to lose them. It's like Auld Lang Syne. Okay. Do you remember the people that you forgot? Yeah. Final one. The wave pool. Yeah. A sound wave. <laughs> I hate the wave pool. Oh, me too. Sound wave for sure. <laughs> Very nice. It's my this or that. All right. Okay, John, I have for you, you know, you took your kids back to school this week. Yes, I did. Uh, I'm taking my daughter back to school tomorrow, Uh, so I have the back-to-school edition of this or that. Oh, boy. I thought I left that behind. Number one. Yeah. The smell of freshly sharpened pencils or the smell of a tall jar of paste with a ruler in it? Oh, boy. No, give me the pencil smell. That's it. I like that. That's a good one. Got the pencil sharpener. No, I like that. Number two. Eat in the cafeteria or bring your lunch in a brown bag? Oh, we never we never we never once ate in the cafeteria. We always brown bagged it. Always. It's a little sad. No, no, it was it was really good. Number three. Front or back of the bus? Back. Way back. <laughs> as far back as I can get. That's not a surprise to any of us. <laughs> Number four. At recess, play kickball with the boys? Yeah. Or attempt to talk to a girl. Oh, kickball with the boys. Really? Number five. The teacher calls on you. You can volunteer to lead the Pledge of Allegiance for the class, or you can run the film strip in the back of the room. Oh, film strip in the back of the room. Number six, the principal calls an assembly. You sit quietly in the auditorium and listen to the presenter, or during the presentation you throw spitballs at your friend in the other homeroom and end up with detention. Be honest. Spitballs in detention. What do you think? Number seven, right now. Today, you, John Hall, a semester of trigonometry or a semester of English Lit? Oh, English Lit times 10. Number eight, it's homecoming. You decide which girl you want to ask to the dance. You boldly approach her and pop the question. Or you decide which girl you want to ask. You're overcome with nerves and you break down and ask your friend to ask her for you. (laughs) Depending if I was 14 or 17, probably. Uh, This or that, John? uh, I'll boldly ask. Will you? Yeah. Number nine, the principal has to write a letter of recommendation for you. He says John Hall is quiet, studious, and always raises his hand. Or the principal says something else. Something else. Number 10, it's the first 80-degree day in May. Yeah. You, John Hall, dutifully climb aboard the bus, go to school, and make your parents proud. Or you pretend to walk to the bus stop but duck behind Winkies instead and skip school entirely. Skip it. The story of my life. That's why I'm here on the radio.
101.5 WORD. You're listening now, so we know you're a fan of the radio station. I am a big fan. And we want you to know that we appreciate you. I'm your number one fan. That's why we've developed the Word FM Fan Club. It's free to join, and once you do, you can take part in exclusive surveys and contests. Yeah, I love contests. Special offers. Great giveaways. Discounts. Freebies. I'd like to win one of these contests. Become a member today. Go to wordfm.com slash fan club and sign up. We're big fans. The United States has killed Osama bin Laden. Hours after that announcement, the White House leaked that it was SEAL Team 6 that carried out the operation. Al-Qaeda placed bounties on the heads of all Navy SEALs. Then, just three months later... Extortion 1-7 requesting permission to take off. A U.S. Army helicopter carrying many from SEAL Team 6 and others entered the Tangy Valley. That's all flash. You flash. Anybody out there, we have a fallen angel. A fallen angel. Roger. Extortion 1-7, the provocative new film telling the story of the largest loss of life in U.S. Special Forces history. Now playing on SalemNow.com. Questions quickly arise. Why did it take 17 minutes to fly a 10-minute mission? Was there a black box on board? Every American should be taught about what happened in Extortion 17. What really happened? The SEAL Team 6 that dreadful night. Fallen Angel. Extortion 1-7. The story most Americans don't know. Watch exclusively at SalemNow.com. People do some pretty cool things in their 40s and 50s. Why should saving for retirement be any different? I mean, they go back to college. Learn new instruments. Start skateboarding. Okay, maybe that one's not for everybody, but saving for retirement is. With aceyourretirement.org, you can get on track with your retirement savings no matter your age. Just have a three-minute chat with Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach from AARP. You'll get personalized recommendations based on your input that are easy to understand and work with your lifestyle. It's quick, easy, and free. Plus, it's sponsored by AARP, so you know they got your back. Gnarly move, Dad. Thanks, sweetie. So wherever you are in your retirement savings journey, head to aceyourretirement.org and start chatting with Avo today. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Robert Jermalowski, owner of Doing It Right Roofing, Siding, Remodeling. Looking for a new roof or siding upgrade? Call us for a free estimate at 724-NEW-ROOF or visit roofingcontractorpittsburgh.com. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. So in entertainment news today, Mike Richards, who was the uh, heir apparent to Alex Trebek in Jeopardy. Executive producer who somehow got the job himself. Right. Stepped down Mm -hmm. because of uh, a series of comments he made during a podcast. I'm not quite sure the particulars of it all, but uh, I know people have drilled down into that podcast and have been upset. So when I hear that, I think, oh, no, he's really made a lot of people angry in some ways. uh, Is that me? Am am I going to be angry whenever I, I read what the guy said? And then if I'm angry, do I have to forgive the guy? Or do I have to stop watching Jeopardy? 
It's I, complicated. It's very complicated. It's like penance all of a sudden we have to do. Bonnie Christian's with us. She's uh, an experienced journalist, an opinion writer, a contributing editor at The Week. She writes on foreign policy, religion, criminal justice. Uh, her column, The Lesser Kingdom, appears in print and online at Christianity Today. She wrote a piece called The Spiritual Discipline of Forgiving Total Strangers. Hey, Bonnie, thanks for coming along. Thanks so much for having me. So, Bonnie, you start the article off in the right place. I don't think forgiveness is optional, according to Jesus. Yes? Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of commands from Jesus where it's like, you know, this is this is maybe a little ambiguous. This is a little unclear. We might have some confusion about exactly what this means. But with forgiveness, there are a lot of commands, and it's, it's very explicit. It's very clear. It, it is not an option not to forgive for Christians. Yeah. It's complicated, though, when we're talking about um, forgiveness in public. I mean, it's, I shouldn't say it's just complicated when we're talking about public forgiveness. All the time, right? Because it's always complicated. I mean, I was just thinking about an event that happened in my past. It just, like, I haven't thought about this issue, Bonnie, in years. And I was making my bed this morning, and it popped into my head. And I got so hacked off. <laughs> did really? I did. I got so hacked <laughs> And then I thought to myself, whoa, yeah. like, back up the bus. Like, where did that come? So it kind of jumps out at you. Interpersonally, it's difficult. But I want to talk about the public thing, because John mentioned the guy, Mike Richards, who was going to be hosting Jeopardy. Now his Jeopardy hosting has been revoked, and now people are angry. But he's one in a long army. Right. So yeah, There's so many. I mean, look at, I mean, everything from, you know, Kevin Hart not being able to, you know, Know, host the Academy Awards or to Mars Hill, Mars Hill you, name, you name it. Um, so when someone who is in, who I hate to use the word celebrity, but I don't have a better word, someone who's a public figure does something and we don't approve or it's hurtful or we think it's disappointing or whatever it is, I don't think we know as a culture, I don't think we have a mechanism for how to handle that. Yeah, it's really tricky. And I think some of it depends on you know, what exactly is their public role? So, for example, if the person who does the bad thing is my elected representative in Congress, yeah. I think that does create something of a relationship where, like, I, I should expect from that representative, this person who's supposedly acting in my name, uh, some sort of apology. And, and maybe I do have forgiveness to grant in that case. But if it's just some random celebrity, right, and they didn't they weren't speaking to me. Um, we don't have a relationship, it becomes this sort of strange thing where we talk about, can I ever forgive him? Um, but but are we in a position to forgive? Were we really the ones harmed? What would we even accept as like repentance from them, especially because public apologies are, are so often even more of a debacle than the original offense, right? Like it's very difficult to get a, a proper tone to actually convince people that you're sorry, if indeed you even are sorry, which is sometimes called into question. And even when people put out a good public apology, which can be so rare, it, frequently it's just meant, met with more anger. It, it, if there's already like a, a large group of people who are very upset and not inclined to forgive, sometimes the apology just seems to make things worse. And so I think we're at this really difficult place in our culture as both for the, the the person who does something offensive in public and for the rest of us who are now faced with this question of how do I relate to them going forward. Right. Okay. So then, Bonnie, before the rise of mass communication, you know, newspapers, radio, television, uh, all that, the Internet now, I mean, people didn't have this dilemma, right? This is a, a fairly modern dilemma of... 
wanting to or needing to perhaps forgive people in the public eye. But, you know, your point's very well taken. The person, like your elected official, I have a relationship, whether they know it or not, with that person because I voted or not voted for that person. Their actions, you know, affect me in some way, locally, somehow, or perhaps nationally. So there's more on the line for that forgiveness to take place as opposed to me caring about Mike Richards, the Jeopardy guy, and what he may have said. Um all that is very, very complex, and I don't even know how to wade through it. Yeah, and I think it becomes even stranger when we have situations where people who are previously not public figures um, are the ones who are in trouble. But because of you know the power of social media to broadcast what someone thought might be just a, a relatively private thing, something that they thought they were saying to their you know 200 followers on Twitter, and it goes viral. And so now we have someone who... You know, it's not even a celebrity that I knew about beforehand. It's someone who I've never heard of, will never come in contact with. Maybe if I had happened not to be online that day, I never would have even heard about the thing they did. And so, you know, with a celebrity, I can say, you know, I'm choosing to forgive by not boycotting their future movies or something, right? But with just these random people who get shoved into the national spotlight for something they did, you know, probably a moment's behavior, um, they don't have a movie I can boycott. Like, what? what is what is the... The, if I'm saying I forgive them, what am I for? Like, what punishment that I could rightfully inflict am I foregoing? It's just a very we don't have a good way to talk about this. I think. Right. Yeah. There's also, I think, um, an uh, an explicit or implicit, either way, I guess, a misunderstanding um, of how relationally forgiveness would work. I think because we've become an increasingly secular culture, we don't really understand what like what it would be like to actually apologize for something and then receive forgiveness. So instead of that, either we make like outstandingly like in my mind, ridiculous over the top apologies like trying to placate everybody just in the hopes that we might avoid the guillotine kind of, you know, though. like a French Revolution apology, you right. know what I mean? Um or we just kind of cower underneath the table or become defiant and try to find people who are aligned with us so we can say well those other people are worse than me anyway. It's just there's no there's it doesn't seem like there's any honest way to do it. Yeah, that's a big part of it, the apology side of things. I think then also, though, on the forgiveness side of things, because, and, and partly this is because there's no, like, good apology or atonement process to respond to, um, but frequently what happens is instead of accepting an apology and saying, like, what you did was bad, you have apologized and repented, I have forgiven you, we're going to stay in relationship and move forward, people go to one of two extremes, which is either they declare it unforgivable and, you know, we can we have to ostracize this person, we can never deal with them again, or if, you know, they, they want to maintain a relationship, they'll just minimize what happened and, and try to explain, like, it, you know, it wasn't really an offense or there were these mitigating factors, and, and maybe that's all true, but I don't think that minimizing real wrongs when they happen is is, is any better um, and we sort of stumble into that because we want to preserve the relationship often, but we, we don't have a way to do it properly. Right. I mean, it's the act of, as, you know, on this thread that Kath is talking about, 
the act of confession is so intimate, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I grew up as a Catholic schoolboy. You'd go into the you know the little box and you would confess your sins to a priest. It required an examination of conscience before that. There was something that took place. Now we've w- moved well beyond that. You know, even in the 21st century church, it feels like, let alone to try to implement that into a secular world. But there is an element of holiness to all this about the confession and accepting the the apology, I guess, to heal things between me and the undisclosed celebrity or representative or whomever where this transaction has taken place. Yeah, and, and so you just end up sort of trapped in like this this cycle where maybe at some point you sort of forget what they did, but um, it's it's not because you've forgiven them, you haven't moved on because anything was made better or restored. You're just it's just sort of like fades out of your memory, and there's some <laughs> new scandal to pay attention right, to. Right, right, right. Until you're right. making your bed, and yeah. then it pops into your and head. Exactly, and then you think, why am I thinking about this when I'm making my bed? Um, okay, okay <laughs> so we only have a minute left, um, and I'm sorry that time is so short when we're talking about something that's so important. But so, I guess my last question is, what do we do? I mean, we we already the way we started the the segment was Jesus told us we have to forgive. In fact, if we don't forgive, then our sins aren't forgiven. Right. So that's that's pretty serious. Um, but how do we think about it in in contemporary times? Yeah, you know, I, if if listeners go and find my piece, you'll see that I don't have a super uh, tidy answer on this when we're thinking about it in these public spaces. I do think, however, even if it's if it's unclear, you know, am I really in a rightful position to offer forgiveness in, in one of these strange circumstances? Certainly, we can refuse to to be bitter and to be um, perseverating on what happened mm-hmm. and, and to be let that be affecting us and changing who we are and, and preventing us from looking at that person, you know, ideally with love and as there's, there's someone beloved by God. And so whether or not forgiveness is exactly what we need in those public spaces, I honestly am not sure. But I, I do think that, um, you know, we can be remembering that, that this is someone for who Christ, whom Christ died, whether or not forgiveness is exactly the right thing that we need to be doing. Mm, that's very that's very good. It's a very complex issue. Bonnie, thanks for being with us. We we enjoyed the conversation. Let's do it again. Yeah, thank you again for having me. Our pleasure. Bonnie Christian is with us. She's a writer, uh, a columnist. Her book is called A Flexible Faith, Rethinking What It Means to Follow Jesus Today. And uh, you can find the piece we talked about at Christianity Today online, The Spiritual Discipline of Forgiving Total Strangers. Bonnie Christian, be right back. So when we brought him home, we didn't realize that Bear the Rescue Dog was actually sick. He had very flaky skin. He was dropping a lot of fur. And Lavette wanted to do steroid injections, special dog food. Nothing seemed to work. So I was at a dead end. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. I've been hearing Dinovite on the radio for years. It never actually crossed my mind to try it until it finally sunk in. Oh, you're talking about hair and skin. And all right, <laughs> I'll try it. Well, it took probably six weeks, but after we started using Dinovite, no more flaky skin. He doesn't scratch an itch, and he started to put weight on. Dinovite is nutrition. I wish that we would have started the Dinovite right away. It would have been so much easier. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. Every rescue dog in America deserves Dynavite for 90 days. 
G-I-N-O-B-I-T-E.com. Research shows that people remember radio ads with a booming voice that emphasizes all the main points. So to help you remember that Liberty Mutual Insurance Company customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need. That part is super important. Here's one with a booming voice. I'm emphasizing everything. Liberty Mutual customizes your home insurance. Like a page with every word highlighted. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Liberty, 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 Liberty. To be or not to be, if that's your pest question, get the help you need at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Booze respects bees until they become a stinging problem for homeowners. Boo and his Bug Stoppers team can safely remove wasps, hornets, carpenter, and ground bees with no long-term contracts and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Get a free quote today. When it comes to getting the buzz on bees, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. In 2007, Marine First Lieutenant Travis Mannion was killed in Iraq after saving his wounded teammates. Travis's legacy lives on through the words he spoke before his final deployment, If not me, then who? Words that today fuel the spirit of Travis Mannion Foundation. And through TMF, these words can live in you too. Show the world what you're made of, because character is invisible until it's not. Find out how you can strengthen the character of your community alongside empowered veterans, families of the fallen, and inspired civilians at travismanion.org. To serve as a ruling elder is a high and holy office. RPTS now offers five flexible online courses to help you shepherd the Church of God. The Ruling Elders Program features courses on biblical counseling, interpretation, worship, the church, care and administration, plus preaching at elective options that best fit your ministry paradigm. No papers, no exams, just solid biblical teaching from experienced pastor professors. Individual and group rates available. RPTS, study under pastors. Learn more at rpts.edu. into a woman's clothing store yeah oftentimes they'll have like uh juniors we have kids clothes Mm -hmm. then you have juniors which is like high school then you have women's and then you have plus sizes this is common like the layout in women's stores this is common like if you would go to a department store okay guys wouldn't have that i mean guys would just have i don't know um little kids and big big guys Really? That would be it? Pretty much. Well, that's not a surprise because probably most men have about a fifth of the clothing that women have. Yeah. I mean, guys don't care. Right. For the most part. Right. Okay. So when news came from Old Navy this week uh, saying that they will no longer keep women's plus size clothing in a separate section, reading here from CNN, it caught a lot of men by surprise. Like you said to me. Uh, well, I don't know what the big deal is because we don't have that. I mean, right. like when you go and in like into your section, a guy's section, of course, you know, like everybody, there's a small, you know, a small, medium, and large, pretty much, or they go by waist size, mm-hmm. or thing. but generally, small, medium, large, now extra large, or double X or triple X, right? But double X and triple X aren't in a different section. No, it's all you just kind of like right. on this, ch- 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 moving down the line. Right, right. But in women's clothing stores, because there's such a variety of clothing. It's segregated. Okay. So, so now, wait, so then was the plus size thing like a place of shame or something? Well, every woman looks at what you see on YouTube, on the news, on wherever, and every woman is beautiful and skinny. 
So if you're in the plus size section, you're not feeling good about that. Okay, so I saw something. I'm watching TV last night, and I saw, I don't know what it was. It was like a thing for bra and panties and they showed women in plus sizes going this is the perfect look so this is the new thing and right. this is what old navy like is the dove campaign exactly exactly okay. so now and i have to say is one of those things i rejoice in about current society is that we're starting to recognize that that's ridiculous that our obsession with skinny women like i said whether it's on fox news or it's on youtube or wherever it is is just making women feel horrible about themselves I'm just, horrible I'm sure. about themselves i wouldn't want to so do. now you see all sorts of campaigns probably starting with the dove thing but now you're going to see it happening in department stores you're going to see it happening in all sorts of ads is that women come in different shapes yeah. and so hopefully in ads you're going to start seeing medium women you're going to start seeing larger women maybe extra large women women can be beautiful they are just come in all different sizes and 90 percent of them are not tiny and small okay so is the old navy thing like you know revolutionary people, are people no because rejoice no about this yes yes but that's happening in a lot of stores all right it's really happening in a lot of stores well what about the stores that are specifically for plus size there's that no thing, right they've gone Isn't away there, no they've gone away really no we're gonna all be inclusive On your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM, Pittsburgh, at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at radio.com. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Biden pledging to evacuate any American currently in Afghanistan who wants to come home. The president made the promise as he provided an update on the tense situation in that country. Thousands of Americans and Afghans are clamoring to leave. Meanwhile, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo says the crisis in Afghanistan comes after the Biden administration failed to project strength to the Taliban. He notes former President Trump was confronted several times with the Taliban breaking its agreements. They violate the agreement. You respond with a cost that exceeds what they had done. You make clear that you did this in response to their violation and you tell them, don't do it again. And if you do, we'll come back harder, faster, stronger. Former Secretary Pompeo was interviewed by the Salem Radio Network. On Wall Street, stocks remain higher. The Dow up 176 points and the Nasdaq 140 points higher. This is SRN News. As you know, Mike Lindell has a passion to help everybody get the best sleep of their lives. And he didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the Giza Dream Bed Sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza Sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night that you sleep on the Giza Sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors. And Mike's latest incredible deal is the sale of the year. For a limited time, you receive 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets. You receive a set for as low as $49.99. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, use promo code WORD. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress stopper and much more. Call one 800 3910954 use the promo code word 1-800-391-0954 promo code word first we decide where we want to go then we need to know the best way to get there hi my name is Adam Barada I'm the owner of Advantage Gold we're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country we teach people how to own physical gold and silver 
Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. At Eden Christian Academy, hope is rising. Hope that is secure in God, that builds faith, and inspires a love that can't be stopped. Eden is where parents find hope in a true educational partner, where students see faith woven into every subject, and where teachers model the love of Christ to every child from pre-K through 12th grade. Schedule a personal tour at any of their three North Hills campuses and witness the hope, faith, and love that Eden can offer your child at EdenChristianAcademy.org. This is Tim Seckler inviting you to tune in each and every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by my law firm, the Seckler Law Firm. Each week, we'll talk about your family's well-being as it relates to elder law, nursing home stays, estate planning, and keeping your hard-earned savings. And if you missed the Life and Legacy Show, you will find it archived at secklerlawfirm.com. See you Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show. Partly cloudy skies for tonight. It'll be humid with a low of 64. Tomorrow, partly sunny and humid. Tomorrow will reach a high of 83. Clear and mild tomorrow night, the low 65. Sunday will be humid. We'll see intervals of clouds and sunshine. Expect a high Sunday of 86. Monday, partly sunny and humid with a high of 85. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. It's hard to imagine, with all of us walking around with high-speed connected computers in our back pockets, the miracle of what it was at one point in this country to sit in a room, either alone or with people that you loved, and to hear a singular voice come out of a box and tell a story. I mean, that was the early advent of radio. And of course, we here in the city of Pittsburgh have a great lineage of radio from KDKA with the generally considered the first radio station in the country. Now, of course, we've moved well beyond that. But um, the spectacle, the thrill of being entertained by a voice and hearing those stories was beyond magical, something that you could only dream about. So on National Radio Day, mm-hmm. we pause for a second and talk about what you're doing right now, which is listening to the radio and sometimes the joy, sometimes the anger or the infuriating aspect of being engaged in a conversation that you don't agree with. But all of it together, especially with Christian radio, hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ transmitted across the country. It is incredible. It is truly, and it's not without exaggeration, a miracle of the day. 
I remember being a, maybe a five-year-old girl and sitting out on my grandparents' porch in New Kensington. And uh, my grandparents uh, were the kids of Polish immigrants, and they still lived in kind of a Polish ghetto. And it was a really small house, and it was a really small front porch. And, you know, out when you're a kid, you don't realize how small it is. Mm-hmm. And then you go back and see it as an adult, and you think, That's tiny. Wow, is that a small house? I remember sitting out on the front porch with my grandfather, my dad's dad, who was a very quiet man. I mean, when I say I'm in a few words, I would say he's almost a man of no words. Like, my grandfather, too. Yeah, very, very, very quiet. Very interesting. But what I would do with him was sit there and listen to Bob Prince call Bucks games. And I didn't know anything about baseball then. My parents weren't big baseball fans. Um, but there was a soothing, like, close your eyes and and imagine being there way that he had. A cadence. Of conveying the game. Mm-hmm. And it, was, it wasn't just a sporting event. It was a, a tale he was telling. And as a kid, you didn't have to know what an RBI was to get caught up in it. You know, you didn't have to uh, you didn't have to know all the reasoning in the mind of the manager to like see in your head the ball going over the shortstop. Right. And out into left field. So that is what sucked me in. But then very like I remember being when, you know, in my mom and dad's kitchen when it was Myron Cope. And it was Myron Cope every single night. My mom was a huge Myron Cope fan. In fact, she and Myron corresponded several times through the mail, through U.S. mail. And she would write down something that he said that made her laugh. And she would say something that that was funny. And then he would respond in a letter and say, that made me laugh. Unbelievable. And that it went on. for. I mean, we have a couple uh, autographed photographs from Myron to my mom hmm. that he just sent spontaneously because my mom was a such super a, fan. Right, a super fan. Yeah. Um, so those were my earliest times. And then when I got older, it was Doug Hearth. I mean, you know, you have your favorites. That's the great thing about radio is that it's sure. personality driven. And so you could have picked Roy Fox, you know, or you could have picked Jack Bogut. Or you, Lynn Cullen, or whoever it is that you heard on the radio, and Uncle Dougie, he was—I felt like he was my weird uncle. Right. Okay. So I—I'll go back now. Being uh, six out of seven kids, my older brothers and sisters—they were listening to Top Forty Radio when I was a little kid. So we're talking, you know, uh, the early '60s, the Beatles and whatnot. And you think about um, the early guys here in pop radio, Chuck Brinkman from KQV. I remember that name very well. Those guys, to me, those were the stars of the day because they were entertaining. They were playing something that was fascinating. The Mm -hmm. music of the day was, you know, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. It was super exciting. There was an energy, a style, a wit, an insight that us, the common people, didn't possess. And to turn on the radio and to hear something elevated that was interesting and exciting was just over the top. Yeah, and they were stars. They were stars. They had it. It was thrilling. I mean, the, these internet stars of the day, the YouTube sensation, the TikTok stars, 
in some ways, that energy, it pales in comparison to the thrill of turning on something free, the radio, the click of the dial, and going up and down, turning it and hearing the static or the twisting, you know, all up and down. You hear it way back and forth. That, to me, is... We'll miss that. It's something that's it's yeah. just un, unmistakable Americana radio. I mean, as a little boy, Jack Bogart, Jack Bogart, you'd come down in the morning you'd, after you'd wake up, right? You'd sit at the kitchen table. I remember, I mean, if I did this at, at one time, I did it 10,000. I'd have a cup of tea and some toast, and I'd sit with my what, mom. were you, like 40? No, that's <laughs> what we had for breakfast. A cup of tea and some toast, and we'd sit and listen to Jack Bogart tell stories. I mean, he was a star, a massive star. And the weird thing was, Jack Bogut owned this town. And then he moved from radio to television. And all of a sudden, you saw Jack Bogut, and he lost the star quality. It was diminished a little. A lot. It was a major career faux pas. And he's a wonderful man, still alive today. But his storytelling technique was unparalleled. There's something that's magical mm-hmm. about radio. And, of course, you know, here we are. We're connoisseurs of it. We love it. Gary's, you know, in a control room. He spent his career doing this. Anybody who knows radio loves radio. There's a magic that is just beyond anything that's happening today on the Internet. I guarantee you Yeah, that. and it's not, um, it's not about content, though content oh, is, is, is important. Um, and it's not about production, though production is essential. I think, first of all, it has to be person to person. That's really what makes radio go. Right. That's why when Doug Hirth passed away, I went to his funeral. Mm-hmm. I'd never met Doug, but I loved felt him. like I knew him. Yeah. And I wanted to honor him when he passed away. And I sat there with, a, I don't know, we, there were like 150 of us at his funeral. And... I bet half of the people in the room never met him. Without a doubt. How about this? Being a kid and having a radio in your bedroom at nighttime, maybe with a little more wattage, and listening to a, a station from Chicago or a station in New York City or Miami, someplace that had a big stick, right, the right. big transmitter, and it was like, I can't believe someone in Chicago is talking to me. Like, How can that even be? I remember lying in my bed um, up at my parents' cottage on Chautauqua Lake, and if it, once it got dark, I could get ESPN 100? From Detroit? Chicago. Okay. ESPN. Maybe it was ESPN 1000. I don't remember. It's been, obviously, it's been multiple decades. But that's exactly what I thought. I can't, like, I, first of all, I hate every Chicago sports team, right? I don't want to hear matter. anything about, didn't matter. No. The fact that I was listening to to radio in Chicago was like some kind of, I don't know. It was like an otherworldly experience. Exactly. Anyway, it's just if you're of a again, here's my phrase. No, don't even say it. Of a certain age. Get out of here. If you're of a certain age, you were fortunate to grow up in that golden age of radio, where things were, for lack of a better word, magical. Because someone that I didn't know, I knew. And I knew that they knew me. And it was my choice to tune in to agree with that person or not. And I was part of a community that I knew other people were listening as well. And we were all doing the same thing together, sharing thoughts, nodding our Mm -hmm. head or shaking our fist.
But still in community. Yep. And that doesn't happen, I believe, in the sense We're of it. the internet. That's just how it is. Anyway, happy National Radio Day to you. Oh, wait. Now, speaking of uh, radio, one of the voices that you've heard here on 101.1 Word FM for many a year is Marcia from the Springhouse. And she's back with us today to tell us about what's going on this weekend at the Springhouse. Hey, Marsh. Hi, guys. How are you today? Well, Marsh, what do we have to look forward to this weekend at the Springhouse? Okay. So these are the last two days of the Washington County Fair, oh, today nice. and tomorrow. Yeah. So this is, yeah, and it's supposed to be beautiful this weekend. So it's a great time to go out to the fair. And actually, we've had a lot of people come here and eat first and then go to the fair and go there for their ice cream concoction. So we have a booth at the fair where we make strawberry ice cream shortcakes, toasted almond fudge balls, chocolate peanut butter brownie things. We started making some new flavored milks, and we're featuring them at the fair. And I can't guarantee they'll still be there when you get there, but <laughs> we made county, a county fair cotton candy milk and morning milk morning milking high test coffee milk and they are amazing so we featured them at the fair just to see what the response was and then we have all of our yummy treats at the fair too but it's also a great weekend to come on out to the spring house and hang out on the farm and just be treated with a little love and a lot of good food and just enjoy your time here in 84 pa wow that sounds wonderful marcia and such a beautiful weekend the weather looks terrific i hope you guys have a wonderful time thanks yeah, go out and enjoy the Washington County Fair. And say hi to all the friends at the Spring House. Eat there first. W-O-R-D. Moms are the most influential people on the planet. For years, you've trusted Focus on the Family. Now you have the chance to experience it in person. Enter the Focus on the Family VIP experience. We'll fly you and three others to Focus on the Family headquarters, where you'll stay at Great Wolf Lodge in Colorado Springs and sit in on an actual Focus on the Family program. Enter once per day and complete bonus tasks to increase your chances of winning. The Focus on the Family VIP experience. Register to win at wordfm.com slash focus. Don't let bees buzz off your customers. Get the help you need at boozebugstoppers.com. Get a free quote on a monthly or quarterly pest control and sanitation plan without a long-term contract that'll clean them up, block them out, push them back, and remove pests safely. Backed by Booze 100% Satisfaction Guarantee. When it comes to protecting your business and your guests, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at boozebugstoppers.com. I find that patients just want to be heard. Stock Family Dentistry, where exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. That takes time to sit down and listen to what the patient has to say. Listen to their past experiences, because that's all important in how I then present treatment to them, formulate a treatment plan for them, and how we move forward with their treatment at our office. My mommy is a really good dentist, and she'll take good care of you. Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. A child's body temperature rises three to five times faster than in adults, and leaving a child in a hot vehicle could lead to their death very quickly. Tragically, in 2020, 24 children died of pediatric vehicular heat stroke, and many of these incidents occurred when parents or caregivers simply forgot the child was in the car. Please set yourself reminders on your cell phone or place something you'll need in the back seat so you don't forget your child. Always look for your baby before you lock. Brought to you by NHTSA. 
Life is so precious. And I can't imagine being in a circumstance where you spend your life trying to save lives, but also seeing the end of a life repeatedly, that same pattern again Mm -hmm. and again and again, and having to be that person who steps alongside in that savior role, but also delivering the bad news of that road that's well-traveled by those who have passed before you. Dr. D.W. Lauren is with us. He's a brain surgeon, an inventor, and a Rocky War veteran, author of No Place to Hide. But he's got a brand new book out called I've Seen the End of You. And uh, Dr. Warren's with us right now. Lee, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks, Sean. Good to yeah. be back with y'all. Yeah. Thank Thanks, Thanks for being here again, Dr. Warren. Um, this looks like a terrific book. Um, it just came uh, yesterday, and so I haven't really had uh, more time. I haven't been able to look at the whole thing, but I've glanced at it a bit. And, you know, parts of it have already broken my heart. Um, parts of it have really inspired me. And I guess my first question for you is... John mentioned being in that savior role, you know, when someone's facing something very dire and you're the neurosurgeon who's um, tasked with, you know, fixing it, so to speak. How do you deal with that? Well, I think part of that comes with repetition. That's why you train so long. But part of it's just being a good human being, just learning how to, to be there with people in their darkest hours and empathizing with their troubles and that's really where this book came from, Kathy, was just trying to study the process of how I could doctor people when they had problems I couldn't fix. Yeah, well, l- let me just say, though, that a lot of, um, and I don't mean to disparage your profession at all, but I worked in a school of medicine for a long time, and I'm sure you know this, a lot of neurosurgeons aren't very empathetic people. That's a shocker. Really? <laughs> <laughs> You're kidding. No. I felt badly no, about saying it on the radio, but you know. Well, I think part of that is is natural in the sense that when you deal with hard things so often, a fairly natural response is to become, to to kind of put yourself behind a wall and become a technician, deal with the thing. But I think my Christian faith and my upbringing uh, by parents who taught me to care more about other people than I do about myself, I think that's probably what did that for me. Yeah. So... uh... Dr. Warren, you're, you are an anomaly in some ways because I've seen the end of you. You talk about what you learned about praying for your patients. I mean, tell us about that. What, what do you learn? Your, people are with you, and, and, and your specialty is brain tumors. So I've seen the end of you. You clearly know what's about to happen. You know, you've been with hundreds, if not a thousand patients, and seeing the end, but you still choose to pray. And that was really the question that started me on the path of writing this book was how can I honestly tell you to maintain hope and fight through this thing when I when I look at the scan and I know what's probably going to happen. This particular tumor, glioblastoma, that I really wrote the book about is almost always fatal. The five-year survival rate is really close to zero. And so if you look at a scan and I see that that tumor and I, and I know in my mind what it is, I, I used to say, I've seen the end of you. I would know what was going to happen in my mind. But at the same time, the Bible tells me that God can heal and neuroscience tells me that it's important for people to hold on to hope because if you give up hope, you really give up everything. Right? If, you, if you have hope, then you can maintain your quality of life and improve your relationships and you know hold on to your family even though your body is going through all this. So I, I, I started that 
this book with the premise of how do I learn how to pray for people when I can't save them, when I know what's going to happen to them medically? How do I have faith? How do I help them have faith anyway? Right. Okay, so in I've seen the end of you. You you really go into some beautiful stories about patience, and you tell the story uh, about a bad guy, a guy who, right? And we would just nod our head and go, "Oh yeah, that, he's a bad guy." But he was your patient. But you saw something happen into his life. Please tell us this story. And so you're referring to a person that we called Joey. I called Joey in the book. And um, and by the way, I trained in Pittsburgh, so this all all these things happened. In, uh, in in Pittsburgh and other places that I've practiced, but I trained at Allegheny General. So Fabulous. shout out to my friend. Today. GH. Um, yeah, I was there for six years. But so Joey was a guy who um, was basically a drug dealer. He had had a really down and out kind of life. He was abandoned by his dad. His mother died. And he just had never had anything go right for him. So he actually got hit in the head. Uh, while being arrested, and that led him to the hospital where he had brain hemorrhage. And while operating on him, we discovered that he also had a brain tumor that had not been diagnosed and turned out to be a low-grade tumor. And he could have been cured by the good fortune of having had that injury that led to diagnosing this tumor early. Um, but he just couldn't see it that way. He was bitter and angry, and, and his whole life had been you know, negative. And so he started out the story with, with just having all this stuff stacked against him. But over the course of time, through his grandmother and his sister and a hospital chaplain that just kept loving on him and just kept showing him the love of Christ, he had this remarkable turnaround. And while he was dying, he came to life in his spirit, and he ended up saying that the last year of his life was the best year of his life. And he just showed the power of transforming power of, of Christ's love in our heart. Wow. That's fabulous. That is really is. Uh, okay, so people like that, though, they, they had to be unusual, right? I mean, Joey, there, there were probably other other people that were just, they fell into pits of despair. But still, you were trying to be that doctor, that guy who was praying for people. Now, again, later on in the, in the, in the book, I read about your chaplain friend, and your, Pastor John, I think is his name, but he gave you some good advice. Yeah, so, you know, as I started studying these, this this concept of how people deal with hard things i was i thought i was trying to learn how to be a better doctor of course but i noticed there's there's patterns of how people behave and and one of them is they they start where they think their life is pretty squared away and as soon as something bad happens to them everything crumbles and those people their faith proves to be fairly shallow and even if they survive their illness or whatever that bad event was they become bitter about it and never regain their peace or quality of mind i call them crashers and then there's other people that are hopefully most of us where they hit something hard, it kind of knocks them down for a while, but their faith rescues them. Like they come back and they're okay. Yeah. And then the group like Joey, where they, they start out from nothing and somehow the, the Lord opens up their heart and uses the bad thing to turn their life around. Um, and so I saw all these different patterns. And then, of course, if you've read very far into the book, you realize that um, we lost a child suddenly in 2013 and and that's when i realized that god was helping god was taking me through the process of studying all those hard things to prepare me for the hard thing i was going to encounter w W. lee warren is with us i want to just show the book here for those of you watching on facebook um i've seen the end of you is his new book a neurosurgeon's look at faith doubt and the things we think we know so dr warren i'm I'm really glad you brought up your son mitchell because as i'm reading and, and shockingly so uh, I'm sorry to say, right? You know this. This is the anniversary of his death. 
Yes, today is the eighth anniversary of Lizzie Mitch. I'm so sorry. So thank you. Tell us that story. I mean, you know, I, I know in reading about you that you know your relationship, like a lot of guys with their you know their dads, it, it comes and goes, and that was the story of you and Mitchell, right? But as he was coming back to you. That's when he passed away, and it's a heartbreak of a story, but it's an important story too. Yeah, it was the it's one of those moments you feel like God's playing some kind of cruel joke on you. Where Mitch had had graduated high school and kind of fallen into a crowd at college that wasn't the best, and kind of got, kind of lost his way for a while, and we were struggling with our relationship and been almost estranged for about a year, and he just was really kind of rebelling against his upbringing and you know, doing what a lot of young men do. Sure. And then um, actually on a Monday, the 19th of August of 2013, he called me um, and he said, Dad, I'm I'm sorry. I, I, I want to come home. Like, I want to get back in school. I want to kind of square things away. I miss you. And I want to I put my life back together. And we had this great conversation the last thing my son ever heard me say was how much I loved him and I was mm-hmm. proud of him and I look forward to seeing him in a couple of days. And, and then the next day he died. Um, and it just felt like this, you know, like a cruel joke, right? Like a, yeah. like the, some kind of a, a gotcha moment. And, and we didn't know how to deal with that. And so it turns out that um, all these things I had learned about how people handle hard things I, I all of a sudden was no longer just observing them, but I was living them. And I found out I didn't know as much as I thought I knew. Yeah. I can't imagine that type of, uh, of shock and heartache. And, and Leah, I wonder what's changed, um, you know, in these intervening years, do you, uh, how have you come to terms with God's decision to allow you to speak to him, to say what you did, and then have him die so quickly after? Well, that's the million-dollar question, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I, the, the big thing, Kathy, is that you realize that there's— Oswald Chambers said he's an old old pastor and writer, and he said you have to, you have to fear God or you fear everything else. And what I did was I said— well, wow, if I if I really believe what the Bible says that there's a resurrection, that means that, that the only chance I get to have an opportunity to see Mitch again is in the resurrection. And Paul says that if if, if there's no resurrection, then all of us Christians are to be pitied more than anybody. So I had to say, well, if I want to believe that promise, I can't be selective. If, if God says the Bible never never is, is all true and that God can't tell a lie, and I want to believe that promise that I get to see my son again, then all the other promises in that book have to be true as well. And so I started looking for promises that I could kind of build my new life around, even though I was so mad and so angry. And I found little ones like Psalm thirty-four, eighteen, that says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. And I started noticing that in those darkest days, it just right when I didn't think I could take another step, my phone would ding and it would be a text message from somebody saying they were praying for me or I would be up in the middle of the night and Lisa would, my wife would come down the hall and say, Hey, I I just woke up and I don't know why I woke up, but I'm coming to check on you. If something would happen, somebody would email a scripture and God was close to us in those moments when we didn't feel like he could be, he was there. And then I found those verses that Christians say at the wrong times, like, like uh, Romans 8, 28, the Lord will work everything 
for good, right? It's a terrible thing to say to somebody who lost their child, by the way. Yes. But, but don't say that right off the yes, bat. Thank you. But what happens is over time, you start seeing things that are good, that have come about after that, that your family's still together. You, you start you start noticing that you've, you've managed to somehow strengthen your marriage because of the pain together. There's, there's good things that are coming out of it. Yeah. And it's not a good thing. But at the same time, good things are happening that God is ministering to you in those moments. And so over time, I just rebuilt my relationship with the Lord. And I realized before it had been more transactional where it was, God, do this for me, do that for me, you know, save me, send me to heaven, forgive my sins, help me find my car keys. You know, and now it was, I cannot survive if you don't give me the juice Mm. to get through this I've got to have you or I can't get out of bed. And that turned out to be, I think, transformational in my life as a person, my work as a physician, my work as a writer, and my relationship with the Lord. It just, it's no longer transactional. Now it's it's really relational. And that's the big difference. So then, Lee, looking at people's brain tumors, seeing the end of them, or hoping to see Mitchell one day. I mean, that's really what it comes down to, right? If if you don't have hope in your life, then life really isn't worth living. That's right. And that's the, that's the diagnosis that I made that I wrote this book around is that brain cancer is not the most deadly disease that humans can face. It's hopelessness. Like whatever is making you hopeless, if it's a divorce, if it's a brain tumor, if it's you lost somebody, you, 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 the market went the wrong way. Whatever's created that hopelessness, if you don't fix the hopelessness piece, it doesn't matter what happens to the circumstance because the circumstances can never actually make you happy. The circumstances can never actually give you peace because the target's always moving, right? So at the end of the day, you have to find a way to base your hope on something that never changes. And the only thing that never changes is the fact that Christ loves you and died for you. Lee, it's been such a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Lee. God bless you. Peace be with you on this day. Thank you. Yeah. That's W. Lee Warren. He's a brain surgeon. He's an inventor. He's an Iraq war veteran and a writer. We only got to about 2% of Lee's story in the last 12 minutes or so. Um, His most recent book I'm holding in my hand, I've Seen the End of You, a neurosurgeon's look at faith, doubt, and the things we think we know. It's fabulous, really. Really, really something. Grove City College, a group of young people who are engaged in a rigorous academic journey. Mm -hmm. That's fair to say. What happens at Grove City College? This is not essentially for the faint of heart. It is a rigorous, Mm -hmm. deep dive into an academic load. It is. You know, I've had this conversation with both of my kids a lot over the last couple of years. Mom, I don't know how I'm going to do on the midterm. Like, I, I don't know. What, what, what if I don't pass this class? And, you know, both of my kids do pretty well in school, but it's a challenging atmosphere. What I love about it, though, is that there's help for you. You know, I, it's like if, if you if you can't get what you need, if you feel like you don't have what it takes to pass microeconomics, which I didn't when I was an undergrad. All right. <laughs> 
they've got a, a great tutoring setup. So it, it's it's one of those things that you want to be challenged, but you want to also have some people behind you to support you so you feel like in the challenge you can succeed. Amen to that. Grove City College, rigorous academics, great and fun athletics, wonderful Christian values, and some of the most amazing people that I promise you, you will ever meet. For more information, look online for you or your rising senior, gcc.edu. If you can fix the big stuff, you can fix the small stuff. For over 100 years, QDOT has fixed big mechanical systems for the commercial industry, from hospitals and factories to churches and schools. You deserve to be treated fairly when it comes to your home's HVAC system. QDOT can solve any mechanical challenge, big or small. For affordable repairs, replacement, and maintenance, QDOT answers 24-7-365. And your safety is their top priority. Call 412-366-6200 at q-dot.com. Angie's List is now Angie. Whether you need help with routine maintenance or you're planning your dream renovation, Angie connects you with top local pros who can get the job done right. See reviews compare quotes, and book hundreds of projects. Plus, when you book and pay through Angie, we'll cover your project up to the full purchase price plus limited damage protection with our happiness guarantee. Check out Angie.com, and for more on the happiness guarantee, go to Angie.com forward slash happiness hyphen guarantee htm. Why doing it right, roofing, siding, and remodeling? As an Owens Corning Roofing Platinum Preferred Contractor, it's simple. It's in their name. They're doing it right, and it's what you'd expect as a homeowner and what they intend to deliver. Call 724-NEW-ROOF. Want it done right? Call doing it right. 101.5 WORD-FM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app. iHeart, tune in, and at radio.com. Partly cloudy skies for tonight. It'll be humid with a low of 64. Tomorrow, partly sunny and humid. Tomorrow will reach a high of 83. Clear and mild tomorrow night, the low 65. Sunday will be humid. We'll see intervals of clouds and sunshine. Expect a high Sunday of 86. Monday, partly sunny and humid with a high of 85. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. One difficult story after another coming out of Afghanistan right now. But I do have a good story that I'm eager to share with you today that was published by CBS News. Check this out. A celebrated all-girl robotics team from Afghanistan made it out of the country safely and are now in Qatar. Officials there sent a plane to evacuate the young girls after the team's organization, which is called Digital Citizen Fund, worked with Qatar's government to secure visas. The team is known as the Afghan Dreamers, and they made headlines three years ago when they were rejected for U.S. travel visas twice while trying to travel to our country for an international robotics competition. Listen to this. Now, to get to the U.S., the girls traveled 500 miles twice from their home in western Afghanistan through Taliban-controlled territory to Kabul to get visas. Okay. Then President Donald Trump intervened, though, at the last minute to allow them into the U.S. during the administration's ban on travelers from majority Muslim countries. Their package of robot parts, however, was delayed due to concerns about terrorism, and they only had two weeks to build their robots, while other groups at the competition had much longer, but still they won the first round. Hmm. 
Isn't that terrific? The girls struggled to overcome war, hardship, and U.S. bureaucracy on their first journey to the U.S. Capitol made their team stand out among the more than 150 competing in the first Global Challenge, which was a competition designed to encourage youths to pursue careers in math and science. Now, let's check this out. Um, one of the girls who was part of the team said this. This is a wonderful quote. We want to be the young leaders of robotic technology and science in Afghanistan. We want to work with men to improve our country and make it a better place. Mm. Now, this week, the team also had the support of Allison Renault, an American woman who tried to help the 10 girls secure visas to leave Afghanistan. You ready to hear about Allison Renault? Yeah. She's a mom of 11. What? She has a master's degree in international relations with a focus in U.S. space policy from Harvard. <laughs> and she's an advocate. <laughs> For human space travel. Oh, my gosh. She met the girls' team when they attended a Human to Mars conference back in 2019. So she said she kept in touch with the team. And when the Taliban took over uh, Afghanistan last year, she really decided she was going to do everything she could to get the girls out. Wow, that is so cool. Yeah, yeah. So she reached out to an old friend. Um, she said she had a former roommate in D.C. who a couple years ago was transferred to Qatar. She worked with the embassy there, and they all worked together and were able to get the girls huh. out. Anyway, when the Qatar government sent a plane to evacuate the girls on Thursday, Allison Renault posted an upgrade to Instagram and said this was a heroic and valiant effort by our U.S. Embassy in the Middle East and others I cannot mention. But there are more young women needing evacuation, and the window is closing. Wow. What a great, great story. you got to rejoice in when we get good news. Yes. Um, okay, so, so when you say the girls, so it had to be their families as well. Nothing, nothing was said. I mean, I can't imagine they would come out no, without right, their families. Right, right. But there's a lot in any of these evacuation stories that is goes unmentioned. Yeah, exactly. So we'll just have to be happy not knowing all of the stories at this point and rejoice that people are getting out. Very good. We'll take a quick break. Come back. Uh, our Friday uh, feature of the Week in Review. What was everyone talking about? What made us think? What did we eat? What did we watch? What hacked us off? What did we like? All that and more. The Friday edition of The Ride Home. 101.5 WORD. Hello, I'm Jack Graham, and I want to personally invite you to join me each weekday for PowerPoint, where we'll get down to the basics of what really matters, life in Jesus Christ. Each day, I'll give you practical, biblical steps for tapping into God's power for successful Christian living. So make plans to join me for a time of spiritual encouragement that will leave you feeling more alive in Christ. PowerPoint, tonight at 930 on 101.5 WORD. If you're attacked by a bear, a dog will throw himself into the mouth of a bear to save you. Dogs are dogs. They pour out their love onto you. Before long, you can't live without them. I have a chocolate cocker spaniel named Lady and a blackmouth cur. He's about 120 pounds, and his name is Arlo. My little cocker, her coat's as soft as a stuffed animal. They're both real soft coats, and my dogs don't have any health problems because they're eating what they need to eat. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dynavite is like pouring a multivitamin right onto their food. The omega-3 fatty acids, flaxseed, zinc, alfalfa, the digestive enzymes that are cooked out of regular dog food. We'll be scooping our Dynavite onto the food, then squirting the liquor chops and the fish oil. They start salivating. Dynavite is nutrition. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. It's a lot of responsibility owning a dog. I get my Dynavite at D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot Sharing one car with her mom while supporting two households in a pandemic just wasn't working out. But thanks to the Lighthouse Foundation's Car Connection Program, 
This healthcare worker found safe, reliable transportation that meant less time on the road, a full night's sleep, and more income for her family. It's just one of the many programs you support when you sponsor their annual fundraiser gala September 24th. Bring hope to those in the most need throughout Butler and Northern Allegheny counties. Become a sponsor today at thelighthousepa.org. This is Pastor Tom Hall of First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh. Maybe you've missed church because of the pandemic. Maybe it's been years since you've come, or maybe you've never darkened a church door. But maybe it's time to discover God's love, God's truth, God's purpose for your life. Join us at First Presbyterian Church, 326th Avenue, downtown Pittsburgh, Sunday mornings at 1045 or online at fpcp.org. You are welcome here. To be or not to be, if that's your pest question, get the help you need at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Booze respects bees until they become a stinging problem for homeowners. Boo and his Bug Stoppers team can safely remove wasps, hornets, carpenter, and ground bees with no long-term contracts and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Get a free quote today. When it comes to getting the buzz on bees, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. It's been another week. That means it's time for John and Kathy's Week in Review. What was everyone talking about this week? Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Haiti. Yep. And masks. The masks are back. There was a time I thought, oh, good, I'll, I'll, I'll never wear a mask again. Boy, am I stupid. Too soon. What the heck? That's what they were talking about. What was a conversation that made you think? I, there was a tie for me. And they were both about Afghanistan. Mm. Um, when you were on vacation early in the week, Dr. Len Bartlotti was on the show. Oh, that was a great Yeah, time. he was Tuesday at 410. He talked about being a, uh, a Christian presence at the border of Pakistan and Afghanistan for th- over 30 years. And then yesterday, Joe Sweeney was on the show at 510, U.S. private security contractor, talking about what it's like to actually go in and equip military on site and what happens when that all breaks down. Mm. I thought both conversations were Really interesting. Excellent. Um, uh, we talked to Jen Rosner yesterday, and she talked about the historical Jewish-Christian relations and how so few Christians realize what exactly happened for thousands and thousands of years. It was an eye-opener, and uh, I just loved it so much. It made me think about it. I thought about it all, a lot last night. So Jen Rosner, historical Jewish-Christian relations. What did you eat? Uh, we've seen it on social media, uh, the peach truck, which comes up oh. from some dude brings up Georgia peaches and brings them into this area. Say and no you got them first mm-hmm. and you gave me a couple samples. And then I, so you got 25 pounds of peaches and I got 25 pounds of peaches. Mm-hmm. So that's exactly what I've been eating is a lot of peaches. And you know, they can't be fattening. No, it's peach. Right. And they take, oh, they're incredibly scrumptious issues. Yeah. Okay. So our kids are gone. We're, we're, we're an empty house here. My wife comes home. What do you want to eat? I'm kind of like, eh, I don't really care. I've been eating popcorn all week. Like my, for dinner? Yeah. Wow. My guess is that's, I'm going to have a lot of popcorn. I'm just like, ah, don't worry about it. I, I, we'll make do. So it's I've fine. just been eating popcorn. Okay. What did you watch? Hey, one of my favorite shows um, that's been produced by a company in Australia, um, they've come out with a uh, part two. Mystery Road was Mm. a miniseries. It started out as a movie. It was made into a miniseries um, uh, maybe five years ago, and they just came out with part two. And if you've you've never looked at any uh, film or TV products from Australia, give it a chance. I mean, it's really 
really well-acted, fascinating story about what the racial situation is there. And it kind of helps me to think, okay, so we're not the first country to grapple with uh, a history of, of, of racial difficulty. And so how do we come to terms with it now? What's it called? Mystery Road. And where can you find it? You can find it on Prime Video. Very nice. Streaming right now. All right. Speaking of Prime Video, uh, we watched a really fun movie this week. You know, you kind of get surrounded by a lot of uh, anxiety and darkness. So I've been gravitating towards comedies. We watched a movie this week called The Lady in the Van. With Maggie Smith. <laughs> oh, I love Maggie well, Smith. Well, if you've got Prime, oh. I can highly. Re- this was a funny. We, I mean, I how old you, was Maggie Smith in it? Oh, it was probably was made. I don't. It was. It was made in 2015. Okay. So, so she's in her prime. This is prime, prime Maggie. So this Smith. is Downton Downton Abbey. Era. Oh no, it's, she plays a homeless woman. And it's a but it's tr- the same era. I mean, it's, I mean, it's the same, same era. Her of her life, right. not the same era as the. Production. She lives in a van outside this guy's house, and it's a true story. There's a writer and an actor. His name's Alan Bennett, and okay. this is a true story about what happened to him, where a, a homeless woman came into his life. And Maggie Smith, you will laugh. It, it is fabulous. The lady in the van oh, on Amazon wait. Prime. What hacked you off? Well, I don't know how much more stories we need to hear about Afghanistan to think that there has there had to have been a million better ways to do this than the one we picked. Amen. I get that's I, when you read what's happening and you see it's a catastrophe. The, uh, it does hack you off. I mean, people needlessly dying and the government and all the all the stories. And all I think the, the worst money, thing is, is, is our is the current administration acting like, well, it's just like it's happening. and We don't have any control over it. I mean, we that, have control. We, we can assert control over it. It's time to assert control. Over I mean, it. Joseph Sweeney yesterday. I mean, really, he just put the nail on it. He called it for like it was it like it is. And you think. This is us. This is the best planning we did to help people out. And then we just exit. I mean, clearly you want to get out of that country, but not like this. That's got to heck you off. What was the best news you heard this week? I'm taking my daughter back to her second year of college tomorrow. Very excited for her. She's excited about her second year. We're thrilled for her. And that's it's a great. Last year, I was like crying every day because she was leaving home for the first time. Now I'm going to cry every day, but at least it'll be kind of better. Feel good about it. Okay, this is the point. This is me as well, right? You have kids, the little babies, you know, they're helpless. Then they, you know, they're toddlers and they're in elementary school, crazy junior high, those little snarky high school guys. And then all of a sudden, the house is empty. I mean, I don't like it, but it is really good news. It is a step into the independence of what is adulthood. You're thinking, okay, I'm trying to make this work. Mm-hmm. I think I'm doing a good job. The mantle is yours to do with what you do. So it's good news. The house is empty, although I don't like it. And in closing, you two have anything meaningful for us? I don't know. When you think about your kids being little, you think about your kids being medium, you think about your kids leaving home. I I just I've come back to this over and over and over again. If you're not able to translate to your kids your honest difficulties, doubts and triumphs, if there are any in your faith, then it's just not going to seem real to them. It's not going to seem authentic. So if you're always trying to paint the pretty picture and you're always trying to say, you know, I love Jesus all the time and isn't God good all the time and you never talk about anything hard or you never talk about the doubts you have or you never talk about the dark times, then it's going to seem like a fairy tale. But if you let them in on the really hard things and you're really honest about how you feel, then 
it's amazing what you're going to see in your kids. I'm into that. Yeah. I mean, in some ways, what we just talked about with Dr. Lee Warren, I mean, the world feels hopeless, doesn't it? It's so dark. It's so ugly. It's so angry. People are so mean to each other. Thank God we have Jesus. If um, if I wasn't a believer in Christ, if I was just, you know, hanging on the teat of the secular world, mm-hmm. it's a it's a horror show out there. And when you hear that story of Dr. Warren and his son passing, we need hope. And without yeah. the hope of the resurrection of Christ in our life, there's no reason to live. So thank goodness for hope in our lives. And that's John and Kathy's Week in Review. Do you suffer from lower back pain, knee pain, foot pain, or fallen arches? Do you? If yes, just stop and write this magic word, G-Defy, G-D-E-F-Y. What is G-Defy? G-Defy is the footwear designed by Gravity Defier Medical Technology with the worldwide patented VersoShock sole. Their shoes are clinically shown to relieve pain by a double-blind clinical study conducted by Oliveview UCLA Medical Center. You can try a pair for 30 days with free corrective fit orthotic inserts. If you're not satisfied, just return the shoes for a full refund and keep the free orthotics as a gift. Put an end to suffering. Save $20 and get free shipping from Gravity Defier when you go to gdefy.com slash radio and use code radio. That's G-D-E-F-Y dot com slash radio, code radio. You have nothing to lose but your pain. What is an integrated curriculum? For the teachers at Jubilee Christian School in Mount Lebanon, their award-winning approach is like a wheel, where subjects like science, math, and language arts are the spokes. But at the center, God is the hub, holding it all together. And through hands-on learning, monthly field experiences, the all-school unit, and more, kids develop a passion for learning and faith in a way that's really cool. Schedule a private tour today. Jubilee Christian School, K-6 through grade. Imagine, believe, achieve at jubileecs.org. Oh, whale! Guys, whale! Wow, whale. Oh, that's a big whale. Um, okay. Whale, whale, whale. Oh, no! Whale! The tides can turn quick on the water. Progressive's boat insurance has you covered. Get a quote today in as little as three minutes at progressive.com. At least it wasn't a shark, am I right? (laughs) Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Don't let bees buzz off your customers. Get the help you need at oozebugstoppers.com. Get a free quote on a monthly or quarterly pest control and sanitation plan without a long-term contract that'll clean them up, block them out, push them back, and remove pests safely. Backed by Boo's 100% satisfaction guarantee. When it comes to protecting your business and your guests, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Get a king bed for a queen price at Mattress Firm. Save up to $500 during the best Labor Day sale ever on top-rated brands like Sealy and Sleepies. Plus, get a free adjustable base when you spend $6.99 or more. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com. In the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. You got weekend plans? 
things to do? Yeah, I do. Excellent. Well, this is a busy weekend. If you want to be out and about, okay, thankfully. So, okay, so tell me if I, so I'm going to move my daughter into school tomorrow. Okay. And then I've got time ahead of me. Good. So you have options? I do. Have plenty of options. How about this to start your weekend right? The World Pogo Championships. Get out of here. Pogo Stick World Championships <laughs> in downtown Pittsburgh and in Wilkinsburg. Friday, Saturday, and then the finals are on Sunday. As a kid, did you have a pogo stick? Yes. Did you love it? I was so horrible at it, oh. and I and it gave me a headache. I oh. did it so often, and I was so bad at it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had you know residual headache. My brother, who's six years older than me, jumped off the roof <laughs> of the family garage with a pogo stick, <laughs> thinking that as he fell and hit, and he would like bounce up like three times the size of the garage. Instead, he f- jumped off the roof, the pogo stick went up into his head, <laughs> and he was bleeding and knocked him out. But other than that, we love pogo sticks. So That was it. How, how old was he? 13, maybe. Okay. I, he was my hero. Mm-hmm. I thought, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen, but he's lying on the ground bleeding. But I <laughs> And still we have to go it. to the hospital. <laughs> right. Pogo Palooza is the uh, that's great. I never heard of that. Uh, this is the um, this is the weekend for Pickles Picklesburg. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, not on. Uh, it's on the Roberto Clemente Bridge. I understand this year instead of on yes. the Warhol. Uh, a, a new thirty-five foot Heinz pickle balloon will fly over the Seventh Street Bridge, and the briny fun will extend along mm-hmm. Fort Duquesne Boulevard. I hope you can see what I'm pointing to. Oh, you're yes, you're wearing your purple or your plastic pip, pickle pin. It's not purple. Purple plastic pickle. I <laughs> no, it's green. I'm yes. wearing my pickle pin. And why why are you wearing the purple? Because I always wear it. Uh huh. There it is. Okay. But this... when it's Picklesburg, it's even better. Have you been there? Never. Oh yeah, I went down to the first year. Yeah, I remember you said. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Gherkin Gala will showcase oh. delectable international dishes. That's funny. Artisan cocktails featuring pickled ingredients, the farm-to-table movement, and the popularity of canning. Okay. Do you like gherkins? Oh yeah. I'll I, eat a gherkin. I think they're great. Yeah. But my kids hate gherkins. Why? I don't, how could you hate that? Because there's something wrong with them. I don't know. That's weird. Okay. Uh, in Bloomfield, I love Bloomfield. Lived there for Me many too. a year. Little Italy Days in Bloomfield. This is the weekend. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Little Italy Days, your chance to live a little Dolce Vitae. Okay. Support independent businesses. Mm-hmm. Ten football fields long. The street fair boasts endless food vendors, pizza stretching, demos, 30 acts on three stage, on three stages. Be transported to the old country with authentic Italian accordion music, opera songs, and dancing. And don't miss the celebrity bocce, bocce tournament and dramatic procession. You should see my friends at Pizza Italia. Oh, yeah. They're getting ready to open up their uh, new Are they location. back on Liberty Avenue? Not yet, but they're just about ready to open. So that's going to be a ton of fun. So hopefully they'll be presenting some delicious pies for everyone. Very nice. Okay, uh, Venture Outdoors is having a kayak festival in North Park. Uh, that's this evening, as a matter of fact. Kayak festival. Right. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Okay. And uh, the reopening of the Government Center, which is one of Pittsburgh's coolest record shops. The free festivals in the new Deutschtown location on East Street. Live music by the go-to beds, Ravi Ami and Bronda. Okay? Okay. And uh, movie night uh, on the lawn at Hazelwood Green Plaza. Okay. That's this evening. Down and by the movie river. night um, as well. Carpool Cinema. 80s family night uh, that is uh, this evening, and uh, that's down at the uh, Homestead Works. Okay. 
What a lot, about lot going on. what about movies on Flagstaff Hill in Shelley Park? Have you been to any this year? I have not. I haven't either. How about the, they're doing movies at the Southside Works down down the North Lot? Okay, so down by the river. Okay, but they're also that'd be nice. I've never done that. There are movies. Oh, Spyro Gyro's in town at South Park. Are they still around? Seven thirty tonight. Wow. See, this is. I mean, everything's coming to a head now, right? Uh, vintage baseball day at Meadowcroft Rock, Rock Shelter in that, Historic Village. Yeah, I've never been there. It's a place that I oh, I've I know there. I know you have, and I feel bad because it's. I know it's great. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh Veg Fest in Allegheny Commons Park. Uh, that's tomorrow from 11 to 5. Carnegie Muse- Museum of Art uh, inside and out at the Carnegie. And uh, Mess Fest at the Carnegie Science Center. I'd like to hang in Oakland tomorrow. Oh, would you? Yeah, just well, like moving day, though. Is it a moving day? Oh, yeah. You're so right. you don't want to move. Oh, yeah, right, that's not a good it. day. I take Those that kids back. with those gigantic laundry I just, carts. It's such Look a out. beautiful, sunshiny day. I thought it'd yeah, be fun to nah. eat down there and go to the museum. I, walk I, in. Have you been in the library since it reopened? I have not. I haven't either. No. Uh, it's not a good... Okay, so we'll wait and do it. Let, next weekend. Okay, let's wait till maybe the weekend after. Yeah, right, things settle Maybe September we'll hang out in Oakland. But go to Flagstaff Hill and catch a movie? Yeah, yeah I why haven't not? done that. And go to PNC Park and watch the Bucks. or Lose. Again and again and again. that's what's going to happen. Anyway, have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday, God willing. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.